What's up, Nubians? Welcome to Tech Nubians, part of the Geekish Network. This is your weekly deep dive into video games steeped in the blackest of blacks. For those of you who don't know, Tech Nubians is a live stream podcast hosted by Black technology professionals where we discuss the what, when, and how you can get into this world of technology, specifically video games. I'm your host, Cherie. And with me today, I've got our producer, Sleuther, and producer, Shanae. Hey, folks. And I've got Travis. Travis Williams. Three's Company. Three's Company. That's what we are right here at Three's Company today. Uh, You know why we're here, folks. We're here every week to sustain, inspire, nurture, create successful creative technologies in the pursuit of Black excellence and content development. All right, folks. You know how we do this thing. We kick we kick this off with the news and we do a long topic. What are we talking about today, folks? We are talking about diversifying challenge in games or AKA. So we're going to do this a hard way. <laughs> I, have, I have a few thoughts about this. <laughs> we're going to do this a hard way. Yeah. We want to talk about like, you know, I mean, obviously there is a lot of talk about the game, you know, some of the games that have been coming out recently. Elden ring is in the news everywhere. Everybody's playing it. Of course we want to talk a little bit about that. And um, you know, but before we get into that, let's talk some tech and gaming news. So Maybe to kick us off, Travis, you mind kicking us off? Uh, yeah. So, uh, look, my my news was is that uh, you know the state of play that happened, uh, you know, this week was it seemed like all Harry Potter all the time, mm-hmm. and it was it, at least in my opinion twenty minutes of straight joy. Um. <laughs> Now, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't geek out over, over like stuff much anymore. Right. Like, you know, it's it's kind of my job to be like the curmudgeon (laughs) to some degree. Right. Like, you know, but it's kind of like if I remember when I first didn't understand the realities or the limitations of games And, you know, you say to yourself, I want to be a designer and I'm going to do all this stuff, all this good stuff. Right. And you just get hit with like budgets and timing and all this other kinds of stuff, like all the compromises that you have to make in order to make something great. Right. Man, when I was watching this Harry Potter presentation, it seemed like they all huddled up and said, how are we going to just give Harry Potter fans exactly what they need? <laughs> and it just kept coming. I mean, Sheree, you understand. Like, it, I was like, well, maybe if they, nope, that was the next five minutes. And th- nope, <laughs> here it is. You know, and, and, and I was just, I seriously was beside myself with joy. Mm-hmm. And I have to give props to the whole development team, you know, for, 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 making this old sort of grizzled and, 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 and very much the curmudgeon gamer, like feel like, man, that was, that was amazing. <laughs> now, can you talk, talk a little bit about what the game is? Cause I, I haven't sure. actually seen this. It was, this was on the state of play, right? On the PlayStation. Yeah. It was on the state of play. It's, okay, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, 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 yeah. Well, see, you know, I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm, like most gamers in that um when when i when i want to play in a like in a intellectually you know like an in an ip 
Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to be like one of the name characters, like as much as I just want to exist inside that world. And I think that, you know, the, the, the thing about the thing about Harry Potter um, is, is that they set up a nice world mm-hmm. where they can explore uh, different things. And yeah. so in this world, you play a student uh, in Hogwarts um, and you're a little late um, in your, uh, in your studies that, you know, uh, for, for some reason, like you're, you're, you're behind the other students and then, you know, you have to, you have to, uh, you have to play catch up, but you can, you can totally trick out your character. Um, you know, you can make your character, any gender, any, um, you know, it, it seems like, you know, the ethnic derivations there are, are, are fully supported as well. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and you just go through, uh, what students at Hogwarts uh, go through. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's told in the past. So, you know, Harry Potter's way in the future or, or, or whatever. Yeah, but, you know, you, yeah you're, you're in school, you play Quidditch, you, uh, you know, you, you can go into Hogsmeade, you can, you know, uh, you know, you get sorted, you're, you're, you're in your, uh, you're in your house, uh, you know, you're, you're different, uh, you know, wizarding house. I mean, mm-hmm. just everything was there. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it was just like, it, you know, it, like, it's almost like you say, like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And, you know, all the game designers are just sitting back like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like, cause it come, does it come out later this year or when, when's it coming? Yeah. Out? It, 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 well, you know, when, when they say like, when they give you a year, that's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last time they Holiday. get it's the last, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they say like coming in 2022, you know that's Christmas because you know that because that's the last point it can ever be true, right? And so yeah, yeah. Now, of course, this is Harry Potter, so of course this is J.K. Rowling, and um, you know naturally there's there's definitely a lot of controversy about this game. Well, actually, I mean honestly, anything that is. Wizarding World, uh, J.K. Rowling, because she has been extremely um, outspoken in, you know, with anti-trans rhetoric and stuff like that. Um, has there, I'm assuming like there was probably talk around this, uh, you know, when, when the announcement came out, does anyone uh, have any info on that? Uh, there's definitely been talk about it. I mean, like it's something that um, like the the developers I think came out and I think WB even made a statement again, you know, against some of the um, the statements that Rawlings was saying. That that said, you know, it's it's they have to sort of walk that fine line because they are still working with her on a property that she created. So it's eh, you it's know challenging. Yeah, it's one of those things that's it's you know it hasn't been satisfying for a lot of my trans friends and stuff as well but you know it's um it's always good to know about um these things because this isn't something that just happened or that happened a while back like she's actively antagonizing trans people basically every time she gets near a twitter machine so um yeah it makes it hard to be anything resembling a harry potter fan these days yeah well it's it for me first of all like it's like there's the there's the artist and then there's the art right um and then when you have something like an intellectual property like you know it gets a little dicey like you know if 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 george lucas says you know a whole bunch of crazy stuff like you know should i stop liking star wars um he made 
the Tuskegee Airmen movie. That that should have been enough for me to hate George Lucas. Period. You know, because it's <laughs> this bad movie. But um, yeah, I mean, it 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 gets a uh, it, it gets it gets dicey in, 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 in my opinion, because, you know, because conversely, you know, the question would be, so what do you think your trans friends think is the solution? Because, you know, sometimes I think the vitriol gets so, so bad that there's nothing really you can do. I mean, maybe like, let's get rid of everything that is Hogwarts or Harry Potter or, or, or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, one, I mean, a couple of things like I don't think it's fair to ask trans people what we should do about transphobia. But also uh, the other thing is, I don't think anyone's actually making the argument that we should get rid of these things. It's more of just like we should understand, like, what is behind the content that we consume? No one said, hey, like no one should ever make a Harry Potter movie again or a game again or anything like that. that I think that's taking it to an extreme that's not actually being said. But I think it's it is good to know. Um like who's behind the content that we're creating and we're, we're uh, that we're, we're consuming. I never like to consume anything like, like uh, w- without knowing what went into its creation. So it's mostly, it's mostly just that uh, I don't think it's, it's, it's hard to talk about Harry Potter without talking about JK Rowling. Cause she definitely wants to be part of the conversation. That is the thing that she has, has been um, pretty, uh, pretty adamant about in the last few days. Yeah, I think that's one of the things is it's always challenging, right? Because like, I mean, I, I, as I always say, like, it is impossible to live like 100% ethically in a capitalist society, right? Because True. like everything that we consume, this computer that I'm, that I'm, <laughs> that I'm looking at, you know, it's like that, my iPhone, all these different things there are, there, there's always going to be. Did something. you get a new iPhone today? In fact, uh, I haven't picked that. I, I am going to go pick it up. <laughs> I'm the only one excited about this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I, guess it's I, it. I, it, yeah, it is a matter, I think, of just like you said, being informed, right? I mean, it's like, you know, for instance, I love Michael Jackson's music, but there is a whole big controversy with it um with him i mean he's dead there, i mean still like there there was um uh w kamal bell's just recently you know his his documentary we've got oh, to talk yeah, about yeah. cosby right and that sparked, sparked a lot of conversations i've had with uh, a lot of my friends we grew up watching the cosby show and the question is like well should we still be watching it or should you not be watching it like that's not i don't think that's actually part of like that's a personal decision that everyone has to sort of wrangle with but like it's it's also just understanding like hey a lot of this crazy stuff was going on while we were enjoying like Dr. Heathcliff's Huxtable and his family on TV. So it's, it, it puts a different spin on things like the whole barbecue sauce episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, is like when we take these, when, when we take these sort of, you know, political positions or, you know, or moral positions and we attach them to um, people that we patronize and, 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 and so on and so forth. Like, and I know that the response is a personal one, Right. Um, but you know, a lot of times I just wonder like what the ends are for most people, because sometimes it just seems like that's never enough. Like, you know, like they are happy unless that gets removed from culture period. Right. And I'm not saying that we do that. Uh, but I would like to, I would like to hear what people think is a suitable, um, resolution 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. I think that, um, like I said, I haven't heard anyone say that we should remove it from culture. I think that's what a lot of folks are, are looking for as well, just to have a conversation about it. Right. Because like so often it's like it's it's like these things are hard. Right. We grew up during we grew up watching this stuff. We grew up like enjoying it and not knowing all the mm, bad stuff behind the folks who were making it. So it yeah. feels like deeply personal. And I think that that's that's what makes it really hard is like, OK, I have to take a step back and I have to look at the thing that I enjoyed yeah. and have like a hard conversation about it. Like, I, I think if we jump to conclusions of like what we think the end point, like what someone we think someone's trying to ban something or whatever, like, I think that's where it gets very, very dicey and very like, like just doesn't feel like it's a conversation. I think a, a starting point would be to like, let's let's recognize that this is a thing and that the people who create create lots of entertainment. Um, they, they, they don't always have, um, they're not always good people. <laughs> like, well, oftentimes they aren't. Like, yeah. yeah. Often, oftentimes they're not, I, you know, like talent, you know, is, you know, is completely independent from, you know, someone having good moral character yeah. or, or, or something like that. We find plenty of talented people who are just wrecks as humans. Um, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's always that way. I mean, and, 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 you know, to me, it gets exhausting because you can't escape it. <laughs> right? it you literally it's can't inescapable. escape it. It's, like, like, for example, like even even like when you look at old Warner Brothers cartoons, right, they are intensely racist. <laughs> right? Old Disney and, cartoons as well. Yeah, old yeah. Disney ones too, right? Yeah. And it's and it's a sign of the time. So more more so than anything else. But it's 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 sort of like, do I do I end up liking this? Like, you know, do I like this? Should I feel bad because I'm liking this? Like, is that really truly funny? Is that reprehensible? And you know, and at the end of the day. I just won't be a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I will settle for a solution. Let's just kick JK Rowling off Twitter. That's a good start. Right that now. would be a great. I think that would at least point. <laughs> be a good place to start. I like, let's let have her, that conversation to start let off. Let her with. have to like issue press releases, whatever, just like Donald Trump, whatever she's got something to say. I don't, but, I don't want to get off too much off topic here, but you know, this is, this is, this is, it, this is exactly why I don't use Twitter. Right. Is because it's, <laughs> Because Twitter, it's you know, it's a it's a conversation like like it's like these conversations that are supposed to be personal, but they're accessible to everyone in the world, right? Well, and it's yeah, like think, sometimes you need to be quiet, or sometimes you just need to lean over and whisper and let that be that, right? And it's never that on Twitter. It's I, like I, it's all I don't know. That's I don't know why you would use Twitter to lean over and whisper. Like hmm? I think people use Twitter specifically because they're like, you know what? I'm going to tell everyone I'm a transphobe today. And you're like, <laughs> you didn't want to whisper that? Like, why did you just? Anyhow. All right. Um, all right. Let's go on to the next article, y'all. Let's, let's go to the next story. Uh, Sinead, you've got a story for us. Uh, I do have a story. Uh, interestingly enough, are you guys familiar with the Tiki Talks? The Tiki Talks? TikTok, Tiki Talks. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok, since we're talking about social media, TikTok has just become a Cannes Film Festival official partner. What's and that mean? what and what that means, what that means is that they're going to launch a hashtag TikTok short film and they're going to be actually it's like an in-app competition where they're going to be awarding three short films, like three vertically filmed, uh, I think between 30 seconds and three minutes. And they're going to award them an award. I guess you can win something at the Cannes Film Festival for making a TikTok video. Can you imagine like a TikTok video showing up and saying like, 
official can selection. It's definitely going to have that. Like the, with the little like the Ivy on the side, official, official cans film festival selection, TikTok. <laughs> I hope one of the ones with, um, you know, the classical paintings where people have their eyes in their mouth and they're just like, just doing looks. I hope that, I hope that one's going to work. I'm, I'm so confused by this. Like <laughs> how do you submit for like, you know, like, is this going to be like, Lin-Manuel Miranda's having to like submit certain songs to the Oscars or people got to submit their TikToks. That, that I don't know. Like, I mean, if, if you just open it up, say, Hey, submit your TikTok. If you think it's like Cannes film festival worthy, that's going to be a lot of work for some intern. To go through. <laughs> this just reminds me, like, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> I really hate the fact that the more I live, the more I sound like my grandparents. <laughs> You've right. seen all your grandparents ever since I met you, Travis. So. I know. <laughs> you, you just get used to stuff being the same all the time, right? You, you get used to your standards and, you know, and, and, and recognizing that they're not universal standards, you know, and times change. Um, anyone who has a kid knows that, you know, like we used to have bad attention spans when we were kids and we get older, it gets longer but that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Right. Like uh, everyone has these really short attention spans. Right. And I, I find myself a victim of that sometimes. And, and, and so TikTok feeds directly into that. It really right? does. Yeah. And if you can, if, if you can award someone for being distracting and entertaining, then good on you, I suppose. <laughs> It's going to be great when like the next film festival, you've got like the 30 second TikTok video going up against the two hour and 56 minutes. The Batman. <laughs> we, I think, talk I, about, well, we talk about um, uh, attention spans. <laughs> think about this. Think about this, though. Like, you know, and like usually in these award shows, right, they like show you a clip of, of the work. They show you the whole so damn the entire thing. thing. They can show you the whole thing. Yeah. But then, but then that might be too long for some people. And they bail oh, out after 10 seconds. I'm, I'm curious to see how they start monetizing that. Right. Because it's just like, you know, now it's going to be like, well, we could show you the whole thing. But we don't want to show you the whole thing because we want you to go and buy something so you can see the whole thing <laughs> or something. I don't know. It'll just be very interesting. It's also interesting because like there like so many of the TikToks. I mean, this is just the algorithm, the way the algorithm has pegged me. Uh, it, like there's so many TikToks that are like go for comedy too. Mm. Um, I want to see like, like, are they going to, are they going to wind up like, is everything going to be a comedy TikTok? Are they going to wind up like, you know, segmenting into like categories and like, no, this is going to be like for like nouveau. And this is going to be, you know, art house film 30 seconds. <laughs> and we, you know, like I'm wondering like, how are they going to make sure that it's like, how I don't know how they're gonna how are they gonna approach this actually? I'm I, you know I'm I'm interested. I don't I'm not against it or anything like that. Hmm, it, no, I think it's interesting. It's interesting. I am um, you know maybe we'll see how like I'm impressed that TikTok's managed to become like this official you know sponsor or partner or whatever with cans. Um, let's see what they do because I mean that's the other thing. I remember I think last time we talked about TikTok they were like partnering with like LinkedIn. I want to say to like so people could create like video resumes. Yeah. So yeah. Really interesting kind of like use of the technology. So, you know, 
I mean, we'll see what they see what they go. <laughs> maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, at least they're kind of like, you know, continuing to innovate with it. And what's really interesting about TikTok for folks who've not gotten into TikTok, and I don't blame you if you haven't. It, it, it took me several tries <laughs> to get into like the to like understand what it was I was looking at. Um, you know, the we often talk about this in games, uh, like sometimes limitations can can lead to like intense creativity. Mm-hmm. There's so much creativity with the way that people are directing things on TikTok just because they're limited by the format like the vertically you know filmed video uh just a framing for it and the length and they've they've like, like they've come up with like i mean we see different tiktok trends going by over and over again that that get added upon someone comes with an idea for something and everyone else is like yeah that's great and you just see the stuff evolve in real time it is actually like you know it is actually a really interesting thing to sort of follow and 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 um just consume as well um it is also like i said it's a you know, it's a good thing that TikTok has that little thing when you're scrolling every once in a while. It's like, hey, you've been scrolling for a while. Oh, TikTok has yeah, that. Yeah. Maybe you should get up and stretch your legs. I'm like, you're right, TikTok. <laughs> Let me do that. Because even they're understanding how people are responding to like this new this new media um, format. <laughs> I have never encountered that. I've, sounds like you need to spend some more t- actually doesn't sound like really you need to spend more time on TikTok. I really don't. <laughs> because the whole time on TikTok, the whole time I'm on TikTok, I'm thinking to myself, this didn't work when it was called Vine. Why is it working now? <laughs> I know, right? I uh, as someone who loved Vine. <laughs> I loved Vine. Vine was great. <laughs> You know, like you don't hear people say do it for the TikTok. Do you know why? But you know what the, the you know what the really clever innovation was for TikTok over Vine was the duets and the yeah. and the like video duets and the like you know green screen stuff like vine didn't have that and so it allows people to respond like just sort of like twitter like as a, you know someone posts something and you can respond to that person with the same video format with the, and you can also respond with them like you see like all the different you know someone will like start drop a beat and then someone starts singing on top of it and someone starts singing on top of that and you're like those ones oh my are goodness. my favorite things yeah like i want to submit that for a can film festival yeah I submit okay. some TikToks? do all i right. have to be associated with it to, to submit it because i got a list <laughs> <laughs> you, See, you that tells easy. you how much I don't use TikTok because I didn't know about any of that stuff. I was just like, I'm just scrolling and going, this is stupid. This is stupid. This There's is some stupid. Very I need clever to get back into the gym. There. I need yeah. I really need to get back into the gym. This is stupid. You know. The, the other thing about TikTok is they have a really smart algorithm. And once you like once the algorithm learns the things that you like. Like it's actually kind of magical. Like my my, my algorithm knows I am a black woman <laughs> who enjoys art, who enjoys cooking, who enjoys dancing. Like my algorithm knows me really well, and so the stuff that it re- responds to me with like is is great more so than like basically any other like video platform. Um, it it gets it serves me content I enjoy. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it also serves me a lot of like content about anti racism, which is like TikTok. You know me really well. <laughs> <laughs> you really know me very well. All right, let's go on to the next story. Here. Here. So I've got a story for us. I actually just want to talk a little bit about. Oops, let me move this out of the way. Um, talk about the uh, uh, World Video Game Hall of Fame. So the nominees have been announced for 2022. This is um, the, the Strong Museum in uh, in New York, in Rochester, New York. Nice. And um, <clears throat> they have just announced like 12 nominees for. Uh, this year's uh, Hall of Fame for video games. I just want to mention also, um, you know, last year, um, let me, sorry, let me actually just pull, this, pull up the notes here. Um, 
last year's winners, there were four winners that were added uh, to the Hall of Fame for last year. Animal Crossing, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Starcraft, and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> so, um, Whenever you say Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, I hear it. I like, know the acapella. song. <laughs> you have to hear the song by Rockapella, yeah. <laughs> um, this year they have 12 nominees um, and they range like a whole, like the thing I think is kind of great about this is like, there's like this whole, like they span like all these different genres. It's like that, right? You have everything from Assassin's Creed to Candy Crush Saga to Ocarina of Time. You have Minesweeper is on there. Parappa the Rappa, um, uh, like uh, Sid Meier's Civilization, Words with Friends, like, it's really words with friends. Words oh my goodness, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, I mean, before so Wordle, <laughs> here's the other word game. Oh, Wordle's probably gonna be nominated it will be. somewhere in here. It's yeah. eventually, you know. I think, I think it's gotta, it's gotta get like a full year of like, you know. Let's see where we are with Wordle like eight months from now. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> After New York Times has sent enough stop and the cease and desist to all the out there. <laughs> the quartals and the yeah. Wordle and Wordle and I'm I'm really bad at Wordle, by the way. World Wordle? Wordle just shows you a silhouette of a country and you have six guesses to guess which country that is. I failed every single time. Yeah, I think it's gonna be about <laughs> oh, I think by the end of March we're probably gonna be like all like puns on the word wordled out. Wordled <laughs> out. Yeah, maybe. No puns, um, so, punned out. <laughs> punned out for it. So there's going to be four winners again this year. Um, they said, you know, the uh, winners will be selected from like a, a, an assembly of ballots from like journalists, scholars, and publics like that. So, um, and then they'll have a virtual ceremony. But I was kind of curious what y'all think about like some of these, these choices on here. Assassin's Creed. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Miss Pac-Man is on there. NBA Jam is on there. Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil is on there. Um, what would y'all give the, uh, the, what would y'all say is the, the, uh, the, the Hall of Fame inductees for 2022 from this list? I, I think this is super interesting because it sort of takes you back and you get to like the fact that you have so many different games from so many different like gaming eras on here. Yeah. just shows you like there, there's been such an evolution of, of, you know, games and design and development and that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I, I do. I, I would love to understand or like know like more behind like what, like why they chose the games they chose. Hmm. Um, so for example, like resident evil, Resident Evil 2 was the, the one that was like, and 4 were like the ones that were most popular and stuff too. So, so why go with the, the initial entry? I'm just curious, right? Um, but, um, Maybe. Say again? They started it all, I guess. Possibly, Maybe. right? But is, is that the question, right? Like, is it the one that started it all? Like, they went with Mrs. Pac-Man, Pac not Pac-Man. So. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Pac-Man's not in there. I'm amazed that Minesweeper's not in there. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so that was one that was interesting, right? Because the Minesweeper, they've got it listed as being released in 1990, and that was a Microsoft release. But they said... Mm -hmm. They're, they don't actually know when the actual release date was for Minesweeper because versions of Minesweeper have been played since the 60s. Really? And I'm like, wow. So they just have the 1990 version that they've got on there, but they don't actually know the original release date. Hmm. That's, so, that's, well, that's super interesting. When I, when I look at this, when I look at this list, I mean, you know, I, I just don't, I just don't understand why most of these games aren't there already. Um, to to be honest, yeah, um, yeah. and that being the case, um, you know, when you got games that should have been there since, you know, I started making video games like in the nineties, like seriously, eighteen like, seriously, yeah, you know, when we had to like, you know, 
I mean, come on. Look at this. Look at this list. I mean, Ms. Pac-Man, NBA Jam, seriously? Like, Rogue? Like, uh, seriously. Uh, you know, when you, I, I think that when, when your game is the basis for whole genres, mm-hmm. stop playing it. <laughs> you know, I think probably and, the only reason you're not, not stop playing the video games. Yeah, don't stop playing the game. You know. <laughs> You've got to stop playing games. Yeah. I think probably the only reason that I could think of them not being on there is because they only induct four games every year. So I'm like, oh, well, this is going for all these games will eventually get it makes it, it makes it feel like, okay, well, shouldn't the, the list next year consist of all of these games too? <laughs> but there's yeah. more games that are coming out and there's more like sort of attention being brought things. That's why I think that, you know, the, the, it's a, it's a strong list of course, but, um, but it's also like, it's such a hard choice between yeah. all of these because you know, I don't know what criteria they're using for it. If like you said, if it's, if it's genre creating criteria or not, but so many of these games were so deeply influential to every game that came after them. Mm. So it's going to be, um, you'd almost be like, Oh, let's just pick the four earliest ones and just keep doing that. Over <laughs> Slowly <again>. keep <laughs> adding on to that. Yeah. I, I feel like minesweeper should definitely should, should get in there somewhere. I'm saying, <laughs> I know I'm shocked that like minesweeper is not in there. You know, but hey, maybe it will be the, as of this year. You know what should also be in there? Let's be real. Solitaire. <laughs> I mean, my parents still play solitaire. Yeah. Daily. <laughs> Multiple times a day. Hourly, probably. You know, I guess. Um, let's see. We still have we had one last story I want to throw at folks here. Um, and just just to kind of mention, because this was a little bit interesting, the Steam Deck. Now I don't I don't have a Steam Deck. I don't think any of us have a Steam Deck, though I think Travis is probably the close the closest one to considering it. And Chuck, I think maybe might have one on order. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, that's um, what he said. I, I told you you should get one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to ask him about this when he's when he's on next. But there were a few stories that came out this week about how Steam Deck now supports um, Game Pass, which I thought was crazy. And I'm like, well, let me, let me take a look at this or whatever. Right now. I mean, when you read the, when you read into some of the details and stuff like that, it doesn't like explicitly, ex- you know, support game pass. It's, it's pretty close though. I mean, essentially um, you can, you know, Microsoft provided like instructions on how you could get edge Microsoft edge running on your, your steam deck. And um, then eventually you, you, I mean, from there you can, um, you can use the, the Xbox cloud streaming service, which is effectively, you know, having game, like basically having game pass on your steam deck. Um, but I was like, honestly, I, I, I thought that was pretty awesome. And I, I also, when I first heard, when I first saw this headline, like I said, the headline was phrased as you can have game pass on your steam deck. I was like, wait, what? Why is that an afterthought? Why was that not like part of the, Hey, buy a steam deck because you can do this. But I mean, like I said, it's not exactly like having game pass on there, but it's pretty close. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. So I'm like, okay, is it Microsoft a- has a vested interest in making sure that their software runs on as many systems as humanly possible. Okay. <laughs> um, if, if, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're the gas, right? I mean, that's how they got the prominence in the first place. Right. I mean, you yeah. had MS DOS 
And then you had IBM DOS or PC DOS, right? And, you know, Microsoft said, make it, make it run everywhere. Why? Because it's just good business, right? And, and, yep. and it's just, it, it, it's, it's just good business. I mean, because let's, let's keep it real here because if it's not running, uh, if it's not running Microsoft native applications, it's going to be running Android native applications, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Microsoft knows that yeah. and there are no dummies over there. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, same thing. I think it's, uh, we've talked about Game Pass a lot on the show, I think. Um, game Pass was a game changer. <laughs> and for uh, for consumers, like, that's 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 an awesome, it's an awesome deal on Xbox and having it available on other platforms, like, that's just, like, I don't know, I was gonna say it's gravy or icing on the cake or gravy on the cake or something. Cherry on no. the icing. Cherry on the icing, yeah, basically. <laughs> Cherry on your gravy, I don't know, something. something it's, like a, it's, a, it's a distinctly positive thing to be able to access that amazing library of what feels like free games. We say free, they're not free you paid for game pass right? yeah, but it's an amazing value like it is an amazing value uh of what you get especially because so many games are day and date released on game pass so it's not like you're playing like stuff that came out ten, five and ten just playing stuff that I mean, came out five and ten years ago yeah and you have access to that but you're playing stuff that's like brand new i know whenever anything comes out nowadays i check to see if it's on game pass first it's not like xbox is not my preferred console i'd rather play it on ps5 or switch or basically anything that's not xbox but if it's free on xbox or free with my game pass subscription i'll be playing it on xbox <laughs> and, <laughs> and i'm sure that's thing. exactly how they wanted it <laughs> oh absolutely that's exactly they, how they want they keep pulling me back into the ecosystem <laughs> i just want to start rumors deals. i just want to start rumors here like maybe x maybe microsoft has a little bit of more like loose change in their pockets <laughs> after buying activision blizzard are is there a chance that they're like looking into trying to buy Valve? I don't know. Valve, still. I mean, <laughs> look, you know, well, everything has a price tag, right? But um, Microsoft has a a love hate relationship with hardware. I think, right? Like some things they do really well, and some things they just don't get it. You know, they just don't catch on. And when it comes to mobile devices, I just rather Microsoft just stay out of it. You know, I mean, they just yeah. don't do good mobile devices. It, it's um, tough, it, hard, uh, tough to get in there. For yeah, and, this is a good compromise for them, right? Like they're not, they're not actually like they're not dealing with the hardware. They don't have to like worry about any of that. Um, but they still get their content out there. So it's a brilliant, um, it's a brilliant play. Yeah, yes. it's smart. It's smart because they're positioning themselves as content kings, right? They're, they, you yeah. know, they're they're aggregating all this content. They're buying all these companies that create content, right? And so they have a vested interest in making sure that that content gets shared as much as possible, right? And so if they can make it run on a high quality, like portable system, hey man, true, make it happen. Very, very true. Hey, I got one more, uh, one more thing though. Yeah, go ahead. Elden Ring sold twelve million. Yes. Worldwide sales. Yes. Right. So that's that's Europe now, U.S. and Japan. Mm. Okay. Now that's it's 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 crazy. It's the biggest non Call of Duty or FIFA launch in the U.K. since uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Okay. Um, And by comparison, Dark Souls three. Okay, that was released in 2016. So 10 million copies in four years. And this did, you know, and we're million. already at 12, 12 million. And how long has this game been out? Like a month? Like 30 seconds. Not even yeah, a month. Like a, like like a, a minute month. and a half or something like yeah. that. It's, yeah. Not yeah. even a month. They'll be on, I think it'll be at a month, like next week or something like that. Like that's yeah. something like gangbusters. And someone almost convinced me to buy it. 
<laughs> I, work. I gave you a bunch of asterisks next to that. <laughs> you didn't want to. You didn't want to jump in on like you know from Soth's death simulator. <laughs> and there's and, and there's and there's a reason why you know I I, I haven't bought it yet. What is that reason? Are you gonna Are you gonna share it with us? It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. It is hard. And you know what? That's a good segue there, Travis. I served that up for you. You like that? I know. I appreciate that. (laughs) That's a great segue for us to go into our our long topic where we're talking about diversifying challenge in game in gaming. Like you know, or AKA, are we going to do this a hard way? You know, because the FromSoft game the answer is yes. Twelve million, the twelve million people are doing it the hard way. Yeah, I mean, are twelve million people wrong? Twelve million people can be wrong. I mean, we've seen presidential elections, so um, <laughs> you know, it's not to say they can't be. But like, um, yeah, I, we want to talk a little bit about this because, yeah, I mean, obviously, Elden Ring has had this huge impact. Twelve million uh, in sales in like you know, in half of twenty twenty two. Yeah, is crazy. Um, but then also, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week because I think we had a story about the um, the setup for the tutorial where like you start you start wherever it has you start and there's like a staircase, like it's a lit staircase and then there's like a dark pit over here at the side, you know? And like, so I actually had this experience um, when I talked to a few people, a few friends at, at work who are interested in Elden Ring and um so i just kind of mentioned to him i said hey make sure you don't miss the combat tutorial you know when you play because because a couple of friends who i you know this is their first time like their first soiree into you know the the soft games yeah Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so i said make sure you don't miss the combat tutorial i posted the little screenshot that's been going around where it's just like oh this is the start of the game and this is the combat tutorial and like three people replied back and said bro there's a combat tutorial They all missed it. They all missed it. So that's what I want to talk a little bit about here because this is not to, this is not to trash on Elden Ring or anything like that. You know, this is you know, like I said, there's there's a lot of people who love that game and stuff like that. But we do want to talk about um, design and stuff like that, right? Um, what makes good design? What makes you know, not necessarily great design? And like, what's the difference between like challenging and hard? <laughs> <laughs> and you know um with regard to like with regard to design so um maybe we can talk about just a few of these games elden ring i said you know we, we've mentioned um in terms of like some of these current games that are out what are some other games i guess that are out that maybe are like kind of fall into that like that hard category of like why like you know sometimes you just kind of you're thinking to yourself why am i playing this game <laughs> well i would say every, practically every platformer in the 90s um you know um true. yeah and you know like I don't Pennsylvania, know is, you mean like, or yeah, like- I, I, yeah i don't know if this is so um you know it just feels true is 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 that you know back in the day uh, you know, in the 1800s, yeah. mm-hmm. um, when you bought a video game, um, you want the last. Um, and most in, in, in most, uh, most games back then were very linear. Right. And in order to, in order to sort of bump up the perceived value of, of a game, uh, game spent a long time showing you techniques 
reinforcing techniques and then hitting you over the head with the technique, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, until you became really the master of it. Um, and, yeah. and if you, and if you didn't, you never finished the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think what happened is, as we started breeding like a, a, a generation of gamers that were really high on the challenge aspect of, of, of video games, the manual dexterity that's required in order to, to play them. And I can, I can remember when that happened to me the first time was when I was playing Contra mm-hmm. and I was like, enough's enough. <laughs> and I just said, no, I'm not, I'm not dodging another bout of flames, like, uh, you know, a sort a sortie of bullets you know, random body parts and flipping and uh, no, no and and, and I was like, I'm not playing it anymore. So I think for me, at least it was Contra that, that, that broke my young will and said, (laughs) you know what, you know, and people are like, Hey, how about the Contra code? And I'm like, what Contra code? (laughs) (laughs) You know, the funny thing is um, someone was asking me the other day, like uh, when I was a kid, like, were there any games that were so hard that I quit them? And I, can't think of any and that's not to brag that's to say like like when i used to play games back in the day first of all as a kid you ain't got bills you got like copious amounts of free time and game development and game design in like the 80s and 90s was you know in its infancy yeah yeah (laughs) and you know for a lot of the games i played back in the day I, I just, I didn't look at it as being a hard game. It was hard, but I didn't look and think to myself, this is a hard game. I just said, well, this is what games are. Mm. Like, this is what I have to learn how to do if I want to enjoy this, enjoy this gaming thing. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, when we look, we look where gaming, game design is now, it's evolved in so many different ways, difficulty levels and waypoint markers and, yeah. you know, all sorts of affordances that allow players to figure out like, Hey, wh- what to do and where to go quest quest logs that tell you like maps that are very detailed, you know, like all these sorts of things um, that are they're necessary, not only because they're an evolution of game design, uh, but also because games are way more complex, right? Yeah. Like you're now like, you're not, you're not just going from left to right on a two dimensional screen where it's it's obvious that where you need to get is from left to right. You're like, you're teleported into a world and you're in three dimensions and you look at the map and you're like, Holy crap. The map is huge. The map is as large as like North America. Mm. And it'd be like the equivalent of like, if I didn't have affordances in the game, it'd be like, okay, you're in San Francisco. I need you to get to Toronto. Go (laughs) no GPS, no phone, go for it. Figure it out. Could some people do it? Sure. Would a lot of people like give up along the way? Absolutely. Would yeah. some people die along the way? Probably. Oh yeah. You know? and so, would, and would most people rage quit along the way? Probably. Yeah, it's just also. like forget it. Like, where's the nearest like gas station? I need to call an Uber. Can I borrow somebody's phone? Like, like yeah. And so, like, I think it's, uh, you know, when I when I think about like the 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 people who used to play games, like the number of people who used to play games back in the day, like it was much smaller, right? Um, there's a lot more people who play games now, and largely mm-hmm. that is that's that's been empowered by the fact that hey, games are more accessible across the board. Accessible being not necessarily meaning accessibility functionality things like that, but accessibility functionality and things that just allow people to sort of choose their difficulty level or have a better understand, like not fight with the things that were, that are not meant to introduce challenge. (laughs) You know, I shouldn't have to fight with knowing where I'm supposed to go. Just tell me that I'm supposed to go to Mount Fuji and I'll figure out a way to get there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, very, very true. So I had a, um, I had a, uh, I'll share a little professional 
personal story. When 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 Leon and I first met, um, it was because he was a Microsoft producer on a game that I was doing with uh, with a group of EverQuest designers. Um, and you know, I was in charge of these designers, and it was a very frustrating experience. And it was a very frustrating experience because I was trying to tell them that stop punishing players because they don't know, right? Stop it. Um, it's not cool. And they would be giddy over the fact that they were punishing players. They'd be like, <laughs> they don't know this and they don't know this. And, they, mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, it's not fun people. Yeah. It's, that's not, it's not fun. Right. And, um, and they were like, well, you know, what do you know? And I said, well, I will give you an example of, of, uh, of this. And so, you know, that meme, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the black guy who's always going, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they were like, we made EverQuest. What do you know? Right. And I said, well, I'm playing World of Warcraft, which is essentially EverQuest. Okay. But non punishing. <laughs> and many, many yeah. millions of people who are playing it alongside yeah. you. Yeah. More than EverQuest ever did. And yeah. at the highest levels, and at the highest levels of gameplay, okay, World of Warcraft is indistinguishable from EverQuest. It is the exact same process. Right. Except they've actually they've helped you get to that point to some degree in World of Warcraft. Right. And so whatever success these hard games are seeing. I would submit that if you had an on ramp, okay, you would have even more success. I completely, completely agree. I I completely agree. Because I mean, I think I think that's the thing. Right. Like there is definitely the market and stuff like that, obviously for these very hard games like this, right? Like the first time I can really recall when I was playing a game and like I attributed like some frustration I was having with the game, not to, oh, this is hard to, why did they make this design decision? Was actually Beautiful Joe. (laughs) I remember you were playing like the last, like it's like the last bosses, you have to fight all six bosses all in a row. Eight bosses, I think. (laughs) However many bosses, you have to fight all the bosses all in a row and there was no save. It was like, you have to fight and kill all of them in a row. And if you die, you start back at the beginning. Die during boss seven, you're back to boss one again. (laughs) Yeah, and Beautiful Joe was a very hard game. And I actually appreciated how hard it was. Like I said, I loved playing like, you know, I loved, I was pushed through Castlevania. I did Super R-Type, which was just straight memorization. Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) You know, Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden, the original ones and the new ones. But when I was playing Beautiful Joe (laughs) and I kept dying and it kept restarting me. And I remember at one point I just had to pause and put my controller down because I was ready to throw it. And I was like, and that was one of the first times where I thought to myself, why did they make this design decision? Like, I didn't actually feel like it was hard. I felt like it was just a bad decision. Yeah, I felt like it was kind of unfair. And I'm like, why would you do that? I actually am not having fun. You know, you know, something that you mentioned a second ago, Travis, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, You you know, so often we talk about hard games and we think about hard games. I think we conflate the word hard and challenge. Yes. Making games hard is actually easy. We can make them intensely unfair. (laughs) We can hide information from users that would allow them to be successful. And we can call that a hard game. But it's like 
is that actually hard? Yeah. Whereas like introducing yeah. something that's actually, <laughs> well, it's like introducing something that's challenging, like, like finding the actual level of challenge that, that makes players like that, um, that gives them something like a feeling of success and accomplishment. Whereas, and also gives them the information they need in order to be successful. That's actually, that's actually much more difficult. And the game that came to mind when I was when I was thinking about this 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 topic we were going to talk about, I did a search for like hardest games of all time, and one of the games that was on that list. I don't know if you guys have heard of this one. It's called Takeshi's Challenge. It was it's actually created oh. by uh, Takeshi Kitano, like Beat Takeshi, who made uh, what was that? Oh, what was that one movie? Uh, movie with the school kids who were killing each other. That that one, right? Oh, um, better yeah 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 thank you and um the entire game was full of just completely unfair challenges it was like things like you would lose if you didn't quit your job or you would lose if you didn't divorce your wife you could lose on the password entry screen (laughs) there's an entire section where it's like all you do is don't touch the controller for an hour and it's like this game gets listed on hard game lists all the time and it's like this game isn't hard it's just unfair. Yeah. It's just a list of arbitrary things that someone came up with and said, do these do or don't do these things. We're not going to tell you, um, figure it out somehow. And we'll fit and you'll determine if you win the game. <laughs> and that's the place where I think that like taking, like thinking of hard games goes to an extreme where it's like, you're intentionally keeping information from a player and you're not actually giving them a path to success. You're just trying to see how much they're willing to put up with. <laughs> yeah. I have a comment mm-hmm. about that. Like, I think that's somewhat semantics um, because, you know, challenging, I, I think the difference between challenging and hard is challenging. You want to actually continue mm-hmm. hard. You don't. That's my okay. point. Yeah. <laughs> but, that, agree. But, it's, but, but it's, it's relative, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so um, I remember actually playing uh, this Infocom game called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And, there was a room that you would go in and the game said, there's nothing in this room. And then you would say, look, and it said, no, I'm, I'm telling you, there's nothing in this room. Mm. And you actually had to do it like more than four or five times. Okay. And then the game says, okay, there's something in here, you know, <laughs> what? Yeah. Right. And, and then, you know, I, I, I just read this article just, just today about these secret walls in Elden Ring that you have to hit like 50 times. And then, oh, okay, maybe there is a secret passage here. Now, so what, so now, so now what is this dig dug and you have to like, you know, (laughs) go around and hit all of the objects like 51 times, you know, because I guarantee you there's an object wall that is 54 times or something like that you need to hit in order for it to crumble. And it just gets to the point where you're like, Okay. So the question though, what are, what's your end here? Like, yeah, does that make it a hard game? Like, does that does it, like does that fifty four invisible fifty four hit invisible wall make the game hard, or is it just an unfair choice? Is, is that well, just the sweet question? Brown? Is are is you that, that type brown? of person? Are you that type of person to go Someone around? Someone is. And, yeah, I like I know my cousin is right. <laughs> like my cousin, like like he doesn't he he's never been in a in a game environment that he hasn't investigated thoroughly. 
right? For me, I'm not that dude. I'm like, look, it's cool over there. Let's go over there. And he's like, but we haven't thoroughly investigated every centimeter of this area. Yeah. And I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, see, <laughs> see, that's the thing. And actually, I will mention this. Um, my sister and I have been playing the game It Takes Two. And that is one of the things I actually really love about that game, because, I mean, it's actually a really well done, like, you know, actual like puzzle puzzle mechanic between two people. You have separate powers and whatever. And one of the things they don't like, they basically um, discourage in the game is exploration. And the reason I mentioned that is how many times you've been playing like a multiplayer game and you're trying to go and you're really like over here doing this other stuff, it's like looking at a wall, go. investigating a tree, a flower or whatever. And you're oh. like, or even worse, you're getting killed and your co-op friends are over here, like oatmeal treasure chest. And it's like, can you come yeah. out? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, I mean, there, there are some We're little hidden things. Yeah. There are some little hidden things and hidden games and stuff like that. Like, you know, like multiplayer games and stuff like that, but it's like, it's not but for, but for the most part, it's a pretty straightforward linear path. And it's like, no, go over here and do this stuff. Don't like, you know, it, this game is called It Takes Two. It takes two of you. One of you going <laughs> off over here, you're not gonna find too much stuff. It it's, takes two of you. It's really I smart design. It. I appreciate that. We learned um, pretty early pretty early on that it's like, no, like uh, uh exploration is not gonna be rewarded. It's you'll only be rewarded if you both are exploring. If you're both exploring and figuring mm-hmm. out. So other thing I just want to talk about, and I don't want to have too much time here, is like we, we kind of touched on a little bit, like death as a gameplay mechanic, right? Mm. You know, like death as a punishment. It's like mm. that for me, like when death because when death is like a punishment, then I kind of like that's when I start looking at my huge backlog of other games. <laughs> I can play something else. Yeah. What else do I have where it's not going to be doing this? But I wanted to mention, like, I mean, because we, you know, we've seen, um, you know, we've talked about like, you know, adding like difficulty levels. We've talked about like, you know, other ways that games have like, they maintain the challenge and they even maintain it being like hard, but they also made it, make it accessible, you know? So a good example of this that I can mention that I usually like to go to is, is Mario games where it's like, if you want to be a completionist and find all 120 stars or 260 or however many they got, you can do that. If you just want to finish the game, you can do that when you get to, I don't know, however your hundred stars. If you want to, you know, get as, as far as you can, but like when you stop having fun, you can stop having, you know, you stop playing. You can do that too, right? If you don't want to find Luigi's purple coin, you don't have to do Luigi's purple coin. <laughs> we still did Luigi's purple coin. We still did Luigi's purple because we wanted the challenge of it. And wanted the challenge. But but for example, for Super Mario Odyssey, I didn't 100% finish everything with that game. I finished as much as I could, but then when they were like, oh, you need to do some Twitch gameplay if you want to beat that tortoise running around, I was like, nope, I ain't doing that. It's, so. By the way, it's also worth noting for Luigi's purple coins, uh, the rules were well understood. Like you got, you got in there and it's like, Hey, there's like a hundred purple coins and you can look at them all right. Here's the flyover. Like, it wasn't like go hit this invisible wall 54 times and then you win. It wasn't collect a hundred coins and then put the controller down for an hour and then you win and quit your job. And then you win. like, it was, the rules were very well established and well set forward. It was just that they introduced a significant level of challenge because suddenly all those flipping blocks and flipping platforms and disappointing, all the, like all the enemies shooting at you, you've encountered them before in ways that felt like more understandable and easier to grok so you could gain mastery. And now it's like, prove your mastery. Show us that you can do it with a hundred purple coins. And I don't know how many times we died at like 97 purple coins or 98 purple coins. When they did trick you was that one time I got all 100 purple coins and then the star appeared back at the beginning. And I was like, I can't, that was actually mean, but 
honestly, that, was that wasn't out of bounds that what our levels had done too. So it's like, you, you learn, you learn something from death in that instance. All right. um, the, the game that I always go to as a, as a reference, that I think is a great example. This is Hades. Um, that game, like, it's a, it's a roguelike. So you're going to learn by death, just by definition of the fact that it's a roguelike, but then also they introduced, if, if no one, if anyone's played when, 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 yeah, when I was playing Hades, a lot of my friends were like, man, this game's too hard. I'm not sure if I'm going to play it. And then I learned about the God mode option in there. The God, the way they implemented God mode in Hades is absolutely brilliant. And if you don't know, basically you, you turn on God mode and you start off at zero. And then when you go through and you inevitably die, it bumps your Godhood by 2%. So it just makes you slightly stronger and slightly less strong. If you die again and it bumps it up to like 4%. So basically it's like, it's a sliding scale that finds a difficulty level that is matched directly to you and your skill set. And it made the game so much more accessible to everyone, regardless of their enjoyment of hard games. That's pretty cool. I, yeah. for, for me, you know, and and I could go on for a long time about how frustrating death is as a as as a game mechanic. I think the most elegant uh, example of death as a game mechanic that worked really well for me was Prince of Persia: Sands of Time. Mm, yes, um, yes. You know, because you know you could get yourself in a bad situation, and you can actually say, "Hold up, let me wind this back for a second. Yeah. Let me do it again." And honestly that game became like poetry after a while because it was like, you could, you knew all your abilities, right? Um, and you could actually look at a scene and play it in your head as to how you were gonna actually accomplish it. And if you, if you were off a little bit, go ahead and rewind it, mm. try it again. Go ahead, rewind it, try it again. And for me, um, it just, it, it, was, it was inspired as a game mechanic. Um, and it was, um, I don't mind if you use death as a, as a, as a teaching tool, but if you figure out a way to make it non-punishing yeah. and because it, up until this recent, uh, iteration of, 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 uh, of games, the worst thing about dying, uh, on like PlayStation four, for example, was waiting for the damn level to load up again. <laughs> yes. That yeah. was the biggest punishment. When I, when I was playing uh, Dead Space 2, biggest punishment ever was like when I died, I'm like, oh, I have to watch this elaborate <laughs> death animation and this long yes. loading screen. Yes. And I'm like, oh. Okay, I'm sorry I died. <laughs> and, and at least, at least PlayStation 5 loans up instantly now, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. Conversely, exactly. games like Celeste, where it is like sometimes some Twitch gameplay, whatever, and you die immediately respawn, like immediately. And so, like, it's kind of like Prince of Persia that way. It's thing out of death. Puzzle. Yeah, yeah. It makes it so it's like, okay, I'm just trying to figure out this puzzle. Oh, I died. Okay, next, maybe the next thing. And like you instantly just like respawn immediately. I, I love that. Super Meat Boy was like that as well, right? Great, great examples there. Um, all right, folks. I love this topic. I love this conversation. I really want to get back into, you know, talking more about like using death as a learning mechanic because, uh, you know, I think there's so much we can talk about with this. But I want to go ahead and close up the show. I want to give a shout out to Digital Click for all the creative they provide for us for each and every one of our shows. If you want to learn more about Technubians, then hit up our website, technubians.com. That's T-E-C-H-N-0-0-B-I-A-N-S.com. Please follow us on our socials. And if you like our vibe, and we know you do, and want to learn more about game development and everything geek, 
please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, you can you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Um, and share us, share the episodes that you that you like here, um, so that your friends can find us as well. Um, you can search Geekish Network as well on all major platforms. So please follow Geekish Network on all socials. Come see what we're, what else geek that we're talking about. Um, on Monday, they're going to have Pod Squadron followed by Geek Beast at 7.30. Uh, uh, sorry, Pod Squadron is at 6.30 Pacific and Geek Beast will be at 7.30 Pacific. So please make sure you check out those shows as well. And anyways, that is it for now, folks. Thank you all for watching and we will see you all next week. <laughs>